Hello, everybody. Welcome to the State of Mind podcast. In today's episode, there is a role reversal. I am in the interviewee seat where I am interviewed by a colleague, friend, uh, David Jurassic, who is an Aikido sensei. He has a long history of being a child and family therapist, and he is also a therapist that specializes in helping men. I hope you enjoy it. We talk a lot about what it means to be a dad, what it you know, means to bring our vulnerable self to our families, to our relationships, and how to be the change we wish to see in our families and in the world. There's a lot here. We dig into honesty, vulnerability, humility, and how we can help our children be the best versions of themselves. And I think there's a lot of good stuff in here. So I hope you enjoy it. So are you ready, Mike? You're I'm in the ready. Hot seat. I'm ready to train. All right. I was born so, ready. Uh, so let's, let's give you an easy one. Okay. Let's give you an easy one. What are your strengths as a parent? My strengths, <clears throat> I would say the primary one is that I am honest and no no bullshit, no mm. BS, just as honest as I possibly can. Um, actually, <laughs> I, it's weird because I... Because of my past history with substance use and, and addiction and recovery, mm. the biggest lesson I learned was that I don't have the luxury of not being 100% honest all the time, mm. like some people do or may choose to. So I actually get nauseous when I feel myself bending the truth. Mm. So I can't even... I can lie to myself a little bit sometimes without getting nauseous, mm. but I'll catch myself, you know, if I'm playing the tape in my head. Mm. Um, but yeah, generally with the kids, I just don't bullshit. I say it like I see it. Mm. Um, I'm open to being corrected, no doubt. <laughs> um, so it doesn't mean like just because I see it this way, that's how it is. Mm. But I just say I see it this way and I think mm. this and if that hurts your feelings then that's not my intention mm -hmm. um, or if you don't like what I said or yeah. you know, those kind of things so that I think is is my I think it's my best quality maybe other people may not <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah, yeah. yeah I wonder what, what would your kids say yeah I um I don't know. I don't know, to guess? be honest. Can you guess? Um, I don't know. Uh, what would Oliver say? Let's start with Oliver because he's a little bit more... He's older, so he's a little more cognitively developed in a sense. Um, he would say that sometimes I'm mean, maybe, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if, you know, and then at other times he would probably say I appreciate it, but... You know, mm -hmm. in his head, it's like yeah. when I'm honest and tell him things he doesn't want to hear, mm. initially he probably thinks, I don't like that. <laughs> why are you telling me that? Or mm. why are you saying that? Mm. Why are you not? My, you know, yeah. one of my best teachers said, we don't co-sign each other's bullshit. And so 
that always rings true in yeah. my head. And I'm relatively uh, maybe humble enough or willing enough to say, you know what, maybe that was rude or mean or maybe that was yeah. totally inappropriate. I'm sorry for doing yeah. that. I really appreciate that because in my experience growing up and just seeing so many parents, the kids can smell the bullshit a mile away and they can feel that something is incongruent and then they take it personally. Yeah. So even when you're trying to protect them, say, oh, I'm not worried about it, this, don't worry, honey, they can sense your anxiety and then they think it's about them, right? So I appreciate the authenticity that you have. And I've gotten to see your kids and I... I think they would also say, oh, my dad's really fun. He's a fun guy. He gets down on the ground with me. He gets silly. For sure. Yeah, sometimes he's mean because he won't let me do everything I want. But I think they would say that. And I think they would probably also say he's really – I love being hugged by my dad. He's an affectionate, physically present Mm -hmm. father. For sure. That's what I've seen. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That's for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Um, And I want to just put a pin on the authenticity piece and Mm -hmm. touch on it later because I think every quality has its, like, (laughs) double-edged sword, right? So (laughs) I'm, like, super excited to dig into that later. Nice. Okay, another question for now. What what is the legacy you want to leave your kids? What do you want them to, you know, years from now be like, my dad gave me this. Um. I think it would be the same answer as number one in a sense. Mm. Um, to, you know, what the main, the book, I guess, where I learned a lot of this in the very beginning says something along the lines of, you know, we practice rigorous honesty and opened our hearts and minds and developed the willingness to go to any lengths to be free, basically. Mm. Um paraphrasing but that's sort of the thing so i want them to hopefully develop the ability to be honest with themselves and the people around them mm-hmm. no matter how much that hurts um because you're so honest with them they develop the courage to be the same with themselves i would hope so yeah like in terms yeah. of a legacy or, yeah. or something like that um and to have the courage to so one one example was my Dot Jamie had soccer on Saturday. Mm. It's the first session of the new season, I guess. And she bonked into another kid. And this kid was same height, but like thick. Like he was a big kid, you know? And so she probably got winded a little bit. And But she didn't come running over right away, which is strange. She like mm. finished the activity, started the next activity. And then I guess she just couldn't, I don't know what was going on. She starts tearing up, you know, Mm. and she's looking for me and then she comes running over. And this was maybe 10 minutes in and it's a 45 minute program. And then she just didn't go back in, Mm. you know? And so my struggle is like, how do I not go into the you know you can't give up you can't be a wuss like all that kind of nonsense yeah i mean she's four right so yeah i do think there is a place for that to be honest Mm -hmm. um but this wasn't it you know kind of thing Mm. so how do i Mm. i don't know how do i allow her to not participate tell Mm. her that i'm that i would like to see her get up and 
mm-hmm. return, even though she's scared and doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do I sit in the ambiguity of her not doing it mm-hmm. and me like wanting to like mm-hmm. turn on that noise of mm-hmm. all the you're not being courageous or you're being a wuss or you're this yeah. or that. And, yeah. and I did say to her, I said, look, you can't always hide from things that are hard yeah. or that you're scared of. Yeah. I think you should go back in. I can't make you obviously. Yeah. So we'll sit here until it's over and we'll yeah. watch. And that's yeah. what we did. And then they give out stickers at the end. Right. And she was like, I'm going to go get a sticker. And I was like, no, you are not. Mm. And so she went over to get the sticker, like ran ahead of me mm. and the coach was going to give it to her. And I was kind of like, ah. I was like, no, she mm. doesn't get a sticker. Cause you didn't think she deserved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Or like, yeah, she, I think at least if I was going to teach her something or have some sort of reflection after I was like, mm. you don't always get a sticker. And it's okay you didn't go back in. It's just you yeah. didn't get a sticker. Yeah. And we sat here and I tickled her and we messed around a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, so so that, that was a little example of, uh, that, of I, yeah. It's perfect that you bring that up because I, <laughs> I seem to know what to do with other people's kids in that situation. But yeah, with my yeah. own daughter, I just do the same thing as you. You know, I just get kind of like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to judge externally. So I sort of draw mm-hmm. it in. And um, I've been learning a lot from my wife about that. And I've been coming back to my martial arts training to be like, okay, what do, you, what do we do in Aikido? And we get collapsed or defeated. And what do the, you do? <laughs> yeah. So I want to I dig into that. Okay. Um, yeah. And I want to, you know, I just want to make sure that the listener understands that well, we don't have this figured out. But I, but let's look at it. Let's let's put some frames on it. Okay. So the instinct to say to your child, let's say the most extreme thing you could say is like, come on, what's wrong with you? Get up. You can't give up. So right? just to say, I have to say, there was yeah. another parent who one kid came running over to them and the dad was like, come on, we don't give up. We don't quit. Go back in there. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's validate that. Instead of saying, oh, that's so bad. I'm such a bad parent. And was, oh, what is that? Right. That to me that speaks to you want your child to be powerful. You want them to develop a strong core. That when that core gets dented, cracked, it doesn't collapse into right. a heap of despair. Or it, if it does, it can rebuild and be stronger. Mm-hmm. So we don't want our kids to be fragile. We don't want them to always have an escape route to avoid challenges. Right. So there's a really good instinct there. So let's hold that. Okay. Together, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think um, on the parenting compass that you were looking at well, just before this call, mm-hmm. you, there's a sort of like <laughs> too firm, too soft. Yeah. And you 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 put yourself a little bit too firm, too firm, right? Yeah. And I do the same, and, <laughs> and it's so contextual too because my wife is, I would say, a little too soft, and so if I'm with other people, I might be a little too soft, right? Right? If I'm yeah. with someone really firm, so there's always a counterbalancing paradox happening. So we're we're both like pretty good at like holding the power side, mm-hmm. but there's an equal and opposing other force, which is love, which is, oh honey, oh that's so that must have been so scary and uncomfortable and painful and you're embarrassed and oh and of course you want to hide, of course you want to run away. It makes complete sense that you want to give up and never play again. 
oh, let me just hold you. Let me, you know, like an animal that's a little traumatized or mm-hmm. shooken up, it needs to kind of go into a cave or be uh, surrounded by other animals and needs to go to sleep and shake off and reprocess. Yeah. And it's sort of giving that unconditional love. It says, I love you no matter what. Fuck the stickers and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I just love you right now and thank you for coming to me. And I'm just your solid, safe harbor. Mm-hmm. And I, I did hold her for about yeah. five minutes. Yeah, and I have I have lots of love. I think I know you as a very loving guy. Mm-hmm. We have to also bring in the context as as men, we're more conditioned towards power. Yeah, and we're put in situations growing up where we're ch- we're forced to choose between power and love. Go hang out with the aunties and the girls and be a wuss, <laughs> or go with the boys who are a little too rough and may get your. Your shit kicked in. Right. Right? Yeah. Ah, which one are you going to choose? Where do you want to belong? And you have to lose one to get the other. That's how we're set up mm-hmm. in our culture. It's so yeah. binary, right? Yeah. yeah. We're not allowed to be like whole. Right. Or so we're not encouraged. We're to not or encouraged, something right? Like it's yeah. very rare. Yeah. Even in a family that's trying to do that, they, right. there's all these biases mm-hmm. that as parents, we. I'm p- shaping my daughter more towards power. My, do- my wife is shaping her more towards love. Right. And if we stay together and work together, that can be a nice way of bringing wholeness. But um, let's say that both power and love are equally important. And then within ourselves as parents, we have to find a way to bridge that. And um, like my ho- choose between them at no, times? No. no. Like, what do you mean by bridge that? So I'm thinking of that Martin Luther King quote that I quoted last time we talked. You know, the... Power without love is reckless and abusive. That's if we went too far, right? right? Get up, you little... Ah! (laughs) And love without power is sentimental and anemic. Oh, honey, it's okay. We don't have to do this. Let's go have ice cream. You know, it's like, it's ineffectual. And the world is ripe with examples of, like, people marching for peace, but they have no power. And power-hungry, greedy people who say, F you, we're just going to destroy the planet. (laughs) <laughs> make lots of money and laugh in your face. So we have examples of extremity. And we have examples of one without the other. So lack of wholeness. Yeah. And then the people who hold one or the other without the other side, they seem two-dimensional, right? When you see a parent yelling at the kid or being too protective, you just think, oh, that's so stereotypical. Right. right. It doesn't feel whole in ourselves. We feel kind of like, oh, I feel guilty because I'm neglecting something. Yeah. So... For me, the vision that, that inspires me to train and as a parent and evolve is to be like, okay, in this, in this instance, it's about power and love. And what does that look like? How do I hold power and love? And I think you were doing your absolute best, and I think you did a pretty good job. I was trying my yeah, best for yeah. sure, yeah. And I, I, I would say good enough is great yeah. in parenting. Um, and then if you want to, then there's a deeper... And I'm doing this with myself, right? And I just had a recent win where uh, my daughter gets really anxious climbing. And then she freaks out and gets really controlling and bossy. And I'm just like, oh, don't you talk to me like that. And I'm like, and she's just, bring me down now. And I'm like, no, (laughs) you can get down yourself because I can see that you're safe. And she's like, no. And then she starts screaming and meltdown. (laughs) And <laughs> while on the structure, while right. kids are watching her, and then she looks around and she's so sensitive that she feels embarrassed at the mm-hmm. same time. She's like, Oh, you know, I'm turning into a baby. Look, the other kids are looking down on me. And I'm trying not to shame her, but of course, she sees my expression 
and that's when I'm too far into the power, right? Um, I just had a, an experience a couple days ago where I was able to soften that edge inside myself and be like, oh, this is really scary. Yeah. What do you want, honey? Do you want me to hold your hand? Yeah. Okay. You can do this. Put your foot there. So I was still coaching her, but I was reassuring her and holding. And um, I was like, oh, God. I was like, win afterwards, right? I was like, whew. Um, but it's that paradox. I think parenting is always, mm-hmm. great parenting is always a paradox. But you were holding her, right? Mm-hmm. And you were cajoling her. You're trying to get her out of the state of fear and embarrassment or whatever she was stuck in. So you were loving her. And you were gently nudging her towards, okay, how about we go back in there? No, you're not ready? Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. We'll stay here. <laughs> you weren't forcing her, which is good. Yeah. But you were trying to empower her. Mm-hmm. And I think from that base, I think you're holding both. We can just go deeper, you know? Mm-hmm. We could just go deeper into the empathy. Mm-hmm. Oh, tell me about what happened, honey. That was so hard. Let me give you deeper empathy. Okay, wow. Whew. Okay, let's do something super fun. Let's hug each other really hard. Let's cry it out. Okay, now I'm standing up. Come walk with me. Oh, we don't have to go play soccer, but come walk with mm-hmm. me. Yeah. So I'm I'm empowering you, but I'm not forcing you. Oh, come on. Okay, you do, you want to stay there? Okay, I'm going to go walk over here. Come with me. We'll go do something fun. And then you get the body moving. And then you say, oh, look at that. I, oh, I would feel like I'm missing out, not being on that field. What do you <laughs> think? You feel like that? Yeah. Do you think you're ready? You know, so you're, yeah, you're influencing, yeah, 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 you're cajoling, yeah. but you're still not forcing. Yeah. And then I always think all of those tactics are liable to fail. So my job is to constantly just be flexible and spontaneous and keep trying. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to influence her towards the thing that she's scared of. And I'm also trying to just be there and say, it's okay. Yeah. I love you. I think in my, where that sort of, I find sometimes I'll start getting impatient, right? Yeah. It's like, I'm doing this all this good work long. for you. Yeah. Why aren't you finally, it's like, I've done, I did the checklist. They told me what to do. I did it. And you're still not listening or it's still not working, you yeah. know, whatever, whatever. But well, th- like that doesn't always happen, but that impulse mm, to go there to give up or too. to like you know yeah. like, i feel that that's the power part of me that's right. saying okay enough right. of this love yeah, yeah. shit <laughs> let's get let's get her out there like, she why isn't to... this working right yeah the coach actually did a good so we we were halfway onto the field and the coach said they were doing an activity and he said he set up her own little activity on the side mm-hmm. he's like if i bring this over will you do it mm-hmm. and she was like yeah she did it. So that was pretty great. I was like, good work. That was really See? See, spontaneous of I the guy to do that. as soon as we start looking, when we get critical of our kids and ourselves, as soon yeah. as we start looking at the micro, we all, we'll probably always find a win. Right. Right? Yeah. Even like if a kid breaks down and is lying on the floor, refuses to do anything. If I say to him, <laughs> hey, Joey, look at me for a sec, and he gives me eye contact, that's a win. Yeah. That's giving me respect. That's turning towards something. Um, so that I think, you know, we can do that with our parenting. We can be like, wow, I had this expectation. <laughs> That's blown out the window. But are we moving towards empowering her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just very, very small steps. Right. I wanted bigger steps. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's my impatience. But, but she's moving towards. Yeah. Uh, as she feel reassured and loved. 
yeah, yeah, great. I'm giving her love. So I'm being powerful and loving. Could I do it a little more skillfully, a little more playfully? Could I, get, could I work that muscle and make it stronger? Absolutely. But am I doing my best right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think it always leads us to the conclusion that our kids are doing our best too. Because they have the same instincts that we do. They want to grow. They want to love. They want to be loved. They want to be strong. They want to influence the world and shape the world. So, you know, there's a sort of, if we're looking at the audience, at the scene that's before us, and we're being honest, I I feel like I always end up seeing more clearly and realizing how insane some of my ideas are. (laughs) Right. Oh, the uh, one thing you said earlier when you were describing the balance, it's like blending in the yeah. Aikido. In Aikido. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's, yeah. So that's kind of what we're trying to do in those yeah. moments. So just to explain, blending yeah. is if, if Mike is sitting right in front of me, if I shoved my fist in his face, <laughs> <laughs> you know, what would normally people do? What would they just like? Get was, hit? They or, would get hit. They would be stunned. They yeah, would be like, shocked try to push it back or something like that they would block they would try to like protect themselves and turtle up or they would say they would duck and then try to punch back right and blending in aikido is to just get off the line of attack make contact with that attack with that hand with that fist without trying to stop it and then guide that person towards the ground so if i did that to you i'd I leapt at you with a punch, right. you would end up pinning me to the floor. Right. And then I'm going like, what the hell happened? And all of the power that I was going to use against you was used to put me down. Um, oh, yeah. So that's blending. And that's just empathy in a physical form. Right. Okay. Right. Don't take it personally. Don't fight it. Don't block it. I think as parents, the most natural instinct that goes against us is that we try to invalidate negative emotions. Yeah. I feel shitty. Oh, honey, don't worry. You're so great. Oh, I love you. And it's kind of like, uh, I just told you how I feel, and you're telling me it, I shouldn't feel that way, or it's it's bad to feel that way, or it's too scary for you to feel that with me. So you've kind of left me alone in that yucky feeling. Yeah. And then how do I make sense of that? Either I decide yucky feelings, yuck, I'd ever want to feel them. They're dangerous. And I cut off a part of myself. Or I decide, uh, you don't understand me, screw you, I'm going to go to my room and sulk and be in my yucky feeling. And and when I'm a child, I don't know how to process the yucky feeling. It's like a dark cave. I don't know how to get out of it or through it. I'm just stuck in it. Um, and so as parents, we really, really need to step up to be the emotional pioneers, guides in the wilderness which is really hard because we have we didn't I didn't learn that. Did you <laughs> no, learn that from no, your parents? No, no. No. Yeah, it's um one of my teachers the other day said on top of being able to hold their intense emotions, we also need to act as their sort of prefrontal cortex at mm-hmm. the same time. It's mm-hmm. like make helping them make decisions mm-hmm. that might be beyond them. Mm-hmm while simultaneously holding the tension or the discomfort and stuff. and Yeah. Yeah, and if we have never learned how to do that either, yeah. it's like we just either kind of like one of the questions, it's either your the emotional side takes over and the anger or the sadness or the, mm-hmm. I don't know, 
other emotions, strong emotions, or the hyper-rationalized of... Yeah, this is unreasonable. Yeah. Why are you like this? <laughs> yeah. I am a robot right now. It's not a big deal. Your life is so good. Look at all your toys. <laughs> Why are you sad that you don't get the new toy? You have so many toys, Bubba. Yeah, yeah. Which may or may not be a reasonable thing to say, but yeah. it's not the ideal response to the yeah. sadness of not having what yeah. they want or whatever. There's a, I was thinking a lot lately about what's effective parenting. You know, because there's all this judgment we have about ourselves. Oh, I'm, sh- I'm really bad. Oh, I had a really bad moment. That means I'm a really shitty parent. And, and so what does it mean to be effective? And I think as parents, we only have one way of measuring that. <laughs> Maybe a couple, but they're not very good measures. We, we tend to think, does it get them to do what I want them to do? <laughs> Which is, really? That's, that's how we're measuring effective parenting? That's called control coercion. And do we want a child to grow up being well controlled and coerced i don't i don't want my daughter to live in a world being a compliant complicit Mm -hmm. sheep especially as a as a woman yeah um i wanted to like you were saying earlier i wanted to know herself and know when to break rules and push back against authority and have the courage that's so lacking in this world Mm -hmm. these days or rare um and so i can't expect her to be compliant all the time that's ridiculous and does that that also assumes that i'm always right <laughs> what i think needs to happen mm-hmm. and when i need and it makes me a control freak so but that's the only way we tend to you know and then the second measure we tend to think is what what do other parents think but we never ask them we're on the bus and our kid is screaming and then oh i'm not in control i'm failing look the other parents look disapproving but maybe they're just concerned maybe they're mm-hmm. they're feeling empathy but I'm not looking at their face. I'm not actually talking to them saying, how are you doing? I'm just going into a bubble of shame. And then mm-hmm. I'm getting mad at my kid for that shame to be present, right? And then it's like making a child responsible for my yucky feelings. It's crazy. It it's is. a crazy yeah. thing, parenting sometimes. So I started thinking, well, what mm. is really effective parenting? And I thought, well, um, and we have a guest in the season of of the martial art of parenting podcast, Mars, who's such a wise, wise lady. Uh, she said, for me, what's effective parenting is that I'm raising a human being that I would be proud to call a friend as they become an adult. And I would be a good citizen. Mm-hmm. That would be someone that people are like, damn, who raised you? <laughs> You're a great human being, yeah, yeah. right? It's like, then she goes backwards in her decisions in the moment and says, well, what do I need to do right now to raise that person to be that kind of person? Um, I also think it's like, what is, what is effective parenting is also, am I strengthening my bond or weakening it? And you said earlier about being really firm, right? And saying things they don't like to hear. But that's also sometimes strengthening the bond. Mm-hmm. Boundaries, mm-hmm. limits. Mm-hmm. I hate you, but then I feel you're, you're there for me. And you're not going to let me lose, lose control and hurt people and hurt yeah. myself. I feel safe around you, even though I'm mad and frustrated because you're not letting me do these things. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much there, right? There is. Yes. so deep. It is. <laughs> it's lovely. Can I keep asking you please, questions? Please, please. Um, when, where do you feel most vulnerable, underskilled, overwhelmed as a parent? Hmm. That's a tough question. Yeah, that is. I think 
structure, sort of structure and, and consistent organization, things like that. So uh, an example would be, you know, brushing your teeth twice a day, cleaning your room when you need to clean it. And, um, you know, doing your homework every day, like just the, because, because of my own patterns, like I'm a Mm -hmm. sort of the hunter gatherer, uh, ADHD spectrum kind of thing of I'll work really hard in short bursts or, in long extended bursts and then not do anything they for a while. They for the rest of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like that too. Yeah. So, you know, I'll flip, turn my house inside out over the span of a couple of days mm. and then I just won't do anything for a month or something like mm. that. So that, I think, you know, there's benefits to that. But in 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 a lot of ways, in today's world which is probably why kids are getting diagnosed with ADHD all the time. Mm. That type of behavior is not efficient or it's not, it doesn't align with the, like, let's go to work nine to five. And, yeah. you know, so that, so I, 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 I think that should under there. Yeah. I should be more. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but I do think mm. that there are parts of it that I could benefit from. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that, you know, it's fine that that's who I am and how I behave, et cetera. But it doesn't mean that somewhere that would be helpful for me yeah. without a doubt. So yeah. that's where something like I think Nikki is way much better with yeah. is just being like, no, that's we got to do this. Our yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, you have to do this right now and then again tomorrow and again the next day and again the next day. And so she's she does a good job at keeping that in check, mm. which I don't. So. But you want to be better at being self-organized. I do, yeah. As yeah. a parent, yeah. 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 So can we wrestle the the whole ADHD bit? Sure. And, and the should part of it? Because I think what you're saying, I, th- I hear two things. I hear yeah. a should, like you're kind of a little down on yourself. But I also hear wise part of you saying, yeah, I want to accept that I, ha- I am like this. Mm-hmm. And it's a good mm-hmm. thing in some ways. Yeah. But I also want to grow yeah. and evolve. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the beauty of... Uh, getting past the shoulds, right? Because I, I think it's intrinsic in us as human beings that we're always limited. We need we need a village to be raised as a full, good human being. Mm-hmm. Lots of great people need to be in our lives. Otherwise, we feel a vacuum and we search for it on online and all sorts of places. So right. we need a, and that village is not existent in our society. Where it's replaced by celebrities and by mm. products and bullshit. Yeah, bullshit that doesn't deliver the nurturing and the modeling that we need growing up. So we're always incomplete as humans, and then we're in a very narcissistic, incomplete society that's missing a lot of human things that we we needed growing up. And then we come into parenting, and we're like, "Damn, it's hard enough being a human being floating in the world, but now I have a these beautiful beings who count on me for." survival for mm-hmm. attention for love and for modeling and i am wholly inadequate shit right mm-hmm. we're either too similar <laughs> to our kids or so different and i can't give them so many there's so many things i cannot give them yes and it, in, i think it engenders incredible guilt at our core 
maybe even shame. Oh, I'm, I'm defective or something. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to look at the context and realize that's not our shit. And it's actually hu- humbling and human to, to acknowledge to ourselves and to our kids, yeah, I really suck at that. I can't help you with that. I will try. I will learn with you. But maybe in some ways you're seven, but you're actually better than yeah. me at that. And I will learn from you. But I'm committed to supporting you in growing mm-hmm. and making sure we have a roof over our head and all the other stuff. But I am uh, not the person. Let's get an uncle, an auntie. Let's find some other people. Let's build a community around us. And even with a great community, we're always going to be searching for more because mm-hmm. that's what it means to be human Yeah, is always wanting to grow, right? Um, so let's, you know, when we look at ADHD, um, I'm not going to comment on medication. <laughs> it's such a thorny bush. Um, I do believe that some people benefit from it in a limited way to get up to the bat, and they couldn't otherwise. I believe that you can learn skills to augment or round out, because ADHD is just hyper-skilled in one way mm-hmm. with your attention. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of contexts, you're a superstar. Yeah. But in the day-to-day, managing the silly, mundane details that you don't feel meaningful sometimes, you just suck. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. And so I think it's great that you can accept that about yourself instead of being defensive and saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I don't have a problem. Don't send me to a therapist. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to have support, meditation. Pah. Yeah. Right? You, you, you can learn stuff. And I, I know you, you've been for years learning stuff yeah, yeah. to help yourself. Continue to, to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I would give I would give you a pat on the back, Mike, mm-hmm. for like, damn, you've been self-aware and you've been working on this for so long. And let's be realistic. Just like with our kids, if they have a real strength in one area, but they suck in a kind of a adjunct area, are we going to be mad at them? Are we going to tell them you should be good at everything? Mm-hmm. No. We kind of go, oh, yeah, okay. How yeah. do I help them <laughs> to survive school or right. get through a job or do the thing that's hard for them in that context? And But I'm never going to, like, sit them down for four hours every night and right. try to get them to be good at that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's our school system is just archaic. And yeah. it, the work world is hyper specialized mm-hmm. and more and more so every day yet we just throw them in the school and they're like te- tell them to learn little bits of everything but not mm-hmm. get good at anything kind of thing i don't know i mean it's yeah yeah there's a lot of problems with the school system i agree and i have more hope in the real world i also know that the world is changing so rapidly like how do we prepare our kids for the mm. hey i studied this and i'm really good at that but um there's no more need for musicians because AI does it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I spent my whole life learning to play this instrument. Well, oh. what is it? Uh, I think uh, Yuval Harari is a yeah. great thinker. He said some, some deep stuff. He said the crisis of the next generations is, and already is happening is a crisis of relevance. So it's not so much about utility. What can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, what's my job? Which is always just kind of fraught. But humans are way more than a cashier or mm-hmm. a role. We're much more. But now we're going, well, the computers are starting to do things that we thought we were unique to us. Uh, I spent all this money and time thinking that's what who I was. I was this pilot or I was this thing. And 
this thing can do it faster, better, and smarter than me and safer than me. So who am I? Mm-hmm. How do I contribute to the world? What's unique about me um, that no computer can replicate and no other human being can? I think the challenge for us as parents is to help our kids figure that out as they, as they yeah. grow. He's a really bright guy. Mm. I always struggled to say his name. A lot, I, I also heard him say something similar. Someone asked him, what's the most important skill or thing to learn over the mm. next 25, 50 years? And he said basically um, self-awareness and um, what are they – What are what's the hoopla around kids these days teaching them to regulate? So he basically said the most important skill for humans to learn in the next 50 years is to self-regulate yeah. and to be able to deal with difficult emotions because of all these changes that may or may not happen, happen in their lives. And that was – yeah. A beautiful thing. I mean, if mm. we, if we could really actually made that the center point of our mm. education system or in general, you know, mm-hmm. are you taking care of yourself? Do you know how? Do you need help? And mm. start there mm. and everything else will follow. I mean, that was incredible to hear. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I hate the word regulate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and self-regulate. It's like yeah. self-control. Right. And But I think what a d- deeper understanding of that concept I'm sure Harari has is that awareness only comes from understanding and feeling your emotions. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come from controlling or getting rid right, of them. Right. And the, the regulation is really in embracing all of the emotions and then learning how to use that energy in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, which we struggle with as adults, right? All the world leaders are really terrible at it. All of our top people are really terrible at it except for some few exceptions. Yeah, and then yeah. we don't learn it in school. Man. Yeah. So that's I'm, – I'm really passionate about that. I love that. And you and I have done so much together yeah. to help kids to learn to regulate. And in doing so, we are learning to regulate. <laughs> or I think of it as mastering oh. our moods. Yeah. And there's a term called co-regulation, mm-hmm. which is that the parent or attachment figure is um, – self-regulation is fraught. Because we don't have a prefrontal cortex right. till we're 25, fully right, developed. Right. And even when we're developed, our front prefrontal cortex, even when we've sat in India and meditated for 70 days, <laughs> I have friends who've done that, and, or 10-day retreats that I've done. I've been meditating for 25 years. And there, every day, two days ago, I was in a bad mood, and I couldn't tell you why. But my, my wife and my daughter look at my face and my body and say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I know what's going on with him. <laughs> and they were better at helping me regulate than mm-hmm. I was at regulating myself. And I had my breath. I had my awareness. I had my years of practice. But I got into a weird mood I couldn't quite place and I didn't know what to do with. And, and it took me a while. And I was able to self-correct and master that mood. And that, mm-hmm. But it took me a while. Whereas we're wired to see it in each other. We have mirror neurons. We have empathy. And then we're wired to, to still be a social being. So we, we approach that person to try to help them. Right. Right. And I think that's what parenting, the beautiful potential of parenting is to help, help our kids get through really rough moments and teach them by the way that we interact with them how to calm the nervous system yeah. or, or energize the nervous system when we're too low or – to self-correct. Yeah. So I, I'm excited 
that you're you're so passionate about this also and you're so you know you're so humble like i mean yeah i i love how honest you are and how humble you are about all of this because it's so easy to judge ourselves or other parents mm -hmm. yeah i've been lucky to have many wonderful teachers you know that's mm -hmm. unfortunate my therapist is retiring mm. uh i have a new one <laughs> who i hardly know but um I was, but anyway yeah so he's been amazing my you know lots of amazing my therapist my meditation teacher and my sponsor in aa and i just i'm so scared of not knowing how to deal with myself mm. you know or my feelings or my emotions I mean, I wouldn't say I'm scared anymore, but the, that's why I was such a drug addict or why I was a drug addict because mm. I was just so lost. So, mm. Can I ask you, yeah. can I dig into that a little bit? Sure. What feelings are the hardest for you? I'm sure you kind of, by now, you probably have a sort of a, a palette yeah. that you can name and go, oh, okay, that <laughs> one's not comfortable. That one I can starting to like or enjoy. Yeah. But these ones, ugh. What's, what are those? Hmm. I think it's easier for me to maybe describe scenarios yeah. or something, but it's it's the I think um definitely one is um frustration or irritation or mm. um, discomfort sort of so if if um so last so two examples in the last twelve hours <laughs> <laughs> last night, Nikki came home. She was describing me this thing that was happening. And so I was getting, I was reacting. Like I was having the emotional reaction of it's, a, it's you know, it's bedtime. This is not good for my ability to sleep because it's triggering my own anxiety and et cetera. And so I didn't say anything because I'm like, it's better I don't say anything than say something that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so then she's, if it's just, she's kind of like, you're not saying anything. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm giving you this anxiety. Yeah. Take it. And you're like, mm, yeah. Because no then if I say something, then it's like, oh, why are you telling me what to do or whatever? Mm. Um, so the tension for me there is, and, you know, maybe I could have said something. Sure. Like that's not sort of what bothers me is the desire to articulate my response or non-response while holding the anxiety and not being able to do that. Mm. You know, it's like, I want to say something to you right now to help you and to help this pass. Mm. But I'm so anxious, or this is causing anxiety in me, mm. which is making it hard for me to think clearly. I'm also tired and like half asleep. Yeah. So you're trying to set a boundary of like, hey, not the right time. Can't digest this right now. Gotta go to sleep. Yeah. And you're trying to negotiate that, but you don't want to be a jerk. Yeah. And at the same time, you're like, oh, anxiety. I don't need more of that. Yeah. I've got my own. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, totally. And just being able to say that in yeah. a, in a, you know, I think the real, in particular, my meditation teacher is incredible at holding all of that mm. and saying it clearly at the same time, you mm. know. Um, so I can see where the, that's another part of the tension, I think, is knowing that I'm capable or or that I'm you know, can work towards being able to do that. So I get a little bit mm. similar to the thing about the ADHD type behavior, the mm. should, or I mm. sh 
sh- it shouldn't be like it is right now and I should be better. I should be this. I should be that. Yeah. That's a hard one for me. So you me. get down on yourself because you, you're sort of like a third eyes watching the scene and you're going, well, you're not very empathic right now. Yeah, yeah totally. Something like, and you're not even yeah. setting your boundaries really <laughs> yeah, clearly. Right. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Yeah, and that's because you're so unorganized and oh. like, you know, and then it's just like there's no Spiral. end to that for me. Yeah, that, I'm going to yeah. sleep. <laughs> I had enough. <laughs> Shut down button. <laughs> Yeah. Which that also doesn't work for me either. Yeah. Which is, oh. So that's one. Oh my god! And then relate. yeah, and the other that happened this morning. So we're ta- yeah. Can we in, pause that? Just yeah, for please. Like, I yes. want to just go a little yes. deeper into this. Mm-hmm. What's the meeting that you make? If if you were to take on the anxiety that yep. Nikki's bringing to you, yeah, and just really empathize with it fully and go, oh my god, that's so scary. Even if you don't think it's scary, just to kind of give her that. What would that? What would be the risk in that? And I'm asking you, but I'm kind of secretly going, well, I have the same issue, Mike. (laughs) What's happening for me? Uh I have a really hard time embracing the anxiety of my girls, my wife and my daughter. And they have a lot of anxiety, and I tend to want to rush through it, move them through it really quickly. I don't like holding it. Mm -hmm. I can hold other things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that are hard, Mm -hmm. but anxiety, it's like, it's like electric charge. I'm Mm. like, "Ah, I don't want that. I don't want to be zapped by that. Get away from me with that zapper. (laughs) And I'm trying to learn to be more brave Mm. and welcome the, you know, I kind of have an analogy of when I'm riding my bike, Uh I used to be terrified because I was in Montreal and I had several near death experiences because people drive crazy. Yeah. And, I learned to embrace the fear of sh- I'm I'm imagining myself being murdered right now yeah. by a, a stupid driver, mm-hmm. and it used to paralyze me, and I had to go off to the side of the road and have a panic attack. Now I just feel it. I have the images go through my brain, mm-hmm. and then I am breathing, and I'm fine. So I'm, I've learned in some way to metabolize fear, okay, to feel it intensely, and just keep riding my bike and stay centered. But when my cute little daughter gives it to me, I'm like, get away from me <laughs> with that fear, right? Put that in their closet. Hide that from me. I, I'm trying to, I'm struggling. So how, yeah, that's, maybe I, I we love can the learn analogy. from your experience. Well, the, when, as you're saying the zapper thing, I yeah. think of um, Palpatine or the emperor from Star Wars with his mm. electric, he's like, oh, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, I know, oh, I just had a flash. Yeah. I know what it is for me. Yeah. I'm curious. What is it for you that's, so makes you not want to take that fear. I got enough of my own fear. To, okay. You know, yeah. I've had think, enough. I'm full. Yeah, something like I'm that. I'm overwhelmed. Don't yeah. give me any more. Yeah. Okay. Or like, this is your fear. Mm, not so, mine. yeah. So maybe deal with it a little bit first mm. and then come to me. Yeah, for digest some that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Don't just give me the raw version. Yeah. And, you know, which. Yeah. That's what I would say now. And then that's mixed with the, you know, there's always things I could do for myself to be able to welcome that more in a way that I would want to. Um, So that's one thing. I I just had a flash when you did the Palpatine (laughs) Emperor thing. I was like, oh, yeah, that's it. I have a fear because I have no problem feeling my own fear. I have a fear. Fear of taking on other peers, uh, empathizing with other people's fear, because then I f- believe that it's going to limit my freedom. Hmm. Oh, if I really understand my wife and daughter's fear and I go, oh, I really with them, then I'm going to be a, s- stuck in the cage that they're in. 
and I won't be able to have fun and freedom and ease and joy. I'll be I'll be a paralyzed mess. <laughs> oh, I don't want that. Ew, cringe. <laughs> I'll just stand over here and judge them. And tell them, you guys are stuck in a cage of fear. Get out of there. <laughs> yeah, Come yeah. on. Join me over here. It's more fun. So that's, I like that's something that. I want to look at. Yeah. I, like, you know? I can definitely identify with that judgment perspective kind of thing of, yeah. oh, I can take care of my own. But don't bring me yours because then I don't get to be content over here. Yeah. So. Maybe we also fear as men because mm-hmm. we're conditioned to be individual. Yeah. power thing. Maybe we fear losing our identity a little bit. Yeah. When we I empathize so. yeah. more. Right? Yeah. If I was able to empathize more with my wife about other stuff too. Yeah. Well, are, am I going to turn into that yes man who always does everything his wife says and then, and then the other guys are going to laugh at me? Right. I know that's not going to happen. Sure. It, the opposite happens when I'm more empathic yes. with her. She feels more supported. She loosens up her grip. I can do more things and take more risks and play with her more and our dynamic expands. Mm-hmm. But the fear is telling me the opposite, right? So, Definitely. wow. I th- um, with the oh, – I was thinking about – oh, I took – so I did a mindful self-compassion course this mm. summer. And I was lucky. So she ran two sessions, spring, summer. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the summer group – or one of the summer groups dropped out. So she emailed a couple of people and said, hey, we need to have even numbers for the dyad stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, does anyone want to join? So I was like, oh, I'll come. So I got to do four months of this course. Wow. And it was a beautiful, it was amazing. It was really incredibly helpful. Um, some paradigm shifting things for me. Well, I wouldn't say that. I'd say just things clicked. Yeah. Some things clicked. One of which was, the, one of the creators of the program, Christian Neff, Kristen Neff, she's sort of a global leader in research on self-compassion. Mm-hmm. She just always tells the story of her son has autism. They were on an airplane, and he was freaking out mm. at four years old. And so she basically had to lug him to the back washroom, you know, to help whatever. And that was the first time she ever realized that she had to soothe her own fear and anxiety first mm. and then she could help her son a little better mm. um, and so one, a lot of the practice is just when you're in that so you know when Nikki came to me last night in distress mm. or you know mild distress it wasn't really um, and I sense my you know my resistance you know <laughs> like I can feel the anxiety coming in me is just to turn inward first, you know, and just mm. le- really bring yourself that soft, kind, mm. but also strong compassion and just mm. say, this is really hard for me. And just acknowledging like, oh, this oh, is... that's so honest. Yeah. Like, this that's is, the boundary, yeah. it's the honesty. It's also saying, I can take it a little bit right now, but I can't take it anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so, really nice, yeah. and Such a powerful gesture. Yeah. The, in the course, too, they talk a lot about the yin and yang of mm. self-compassion and the times mm. where it's just like, I remember one activity we learned in previous classes was just like learning the physical boundary, like stop kind of mm-hmm. thing of like, you know, even putting your hand up. Yeah. And then the the in the MSC, the Mindful Self-Compassion, there's a, practice around the I can't remember which one's which the more 
masculine of the yin and yang. I'm not sure which one it is. The yang. Is it the yang? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so one of the things was like we did this practice where it was like two hands. It was like, no, <laughs> like mm-hmm. real, like forceful, like, no, stop, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. this is not okay. Um, which I think kind of you spoke earlier about the – there's such an imbalance of sort of the – for lack of better maybe memory, but the protest protest movements without the courage or the power Mm -hmm. and the power without the compassion and the Mm -hmm. kindness, that balance is so out of whack. Mm -hmm. But the the mindful self-compassion and holding the yin and the yang and knowing when to use either. Yeah, way. Compassion is not being nice. No, hell no. Yeah. Yeah. You may choose to be nice at times, so to Mm. speak, but... Yeah, I have a great story that I heard once about the Buddha, and I'm going to tell it in a different way that I heard it because I'm imagining like a martial arts Buddha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very similar to the original. Okay. Can I tell you? Yeah, please. So, so Buddha, you know, he travels around to all these towns, and he's trying to liberate people. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, you know, look inside, find yourself, breathe, notice things. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Um, but apparently that's pretty controversial. Because there's a lot of religions and there's a lot of – and in, in his time, there's a lot of men controlling women, mm-hmm. right? So he goes to this one village and all the women love it, right? They love meditating. It's like their own time. They're learning to understand themselves. And he's just a really cool dude to hang out with, right? And so they start coming home and they're like, hmm, I don't know, feel like being oppressed so much anymore. I feel more – like I know myself and I have more courage, right? And, and so all the husbands start getting really upset. And there's this there's this like pre priest in the village who's like the head honcho, right? And he's he's the most threatened. So he sends off all these dudes to go c- crack his skull. Cuz that's that's apparently congruent with their religion, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they all these dudes try and then something happens and they they all fail. They either come back and they apologize or uh they don't come back. And so he finally is like, "Okay, I've heard enough. My own wife and my own daughters had and bah. And uh, he he gets like a big stick and he's fuming and he wants the whole village to hear because he wants it to be a big shaming, you know, conquering event for him. Mm-hmm. And he starts going, you, I'm going to come and I'm going to crack your skull. You, man, get out of our village. And the Buddha is just sitting there and calm. And he's just, I don't know if he was really calm. I'd be shitting my pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was like breathing. <laughs> present you know facing mm-hmm. not turning away and the man keeps coming closer and he comes coming closer and he thinks he's going to intimidate him make him run and then cast him out of the village but he's sitting there and so he keeps coming closer and he he keeps taking up a notch a little louder hitting his stick against the ground making a big show puffing his chest and then the buddha puts his hand out kind of like what you did right, a, right. a minute ago right he puts <laughs> yeah. his hand out he says excuse me i have one question and the man's like, why? I don't want to give you a stupid question. I'm going to crack your skull. Get out of this you know, village. And he's like, no, I just have one question. And the man's like, oh. The man puts the stick next to him. It's like, what is your question? I'm going to crack your skull next. Say, ask your stupid question. He's like, if someone brings you a gift and it's not a very good gift, let's say there's poison in it or something disgusting or gross, what would you do with that gift? And the man's kind of going, okay, this is a clever man. He's like, he's like <laughs> you know, he wants to win the argument. So he's like, uh, and he can't figure it out. So it's, well, it's obvious. I would 
Say, take it back. I don't want this. And Buddha says, that's right. I can understand your anger and your fear, but take your violence over there. I don't want it. <laughs> I don't know what happens next. You know, you need these stories. They're yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah, are yeah, they made yeah, up? Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that kind of energy of like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be intimidated by your emotion. I can even empathize with you in my heart and go, oh, yeah, of course you're terrified. You're losing control. You're mm-hmm, losing power. Mm-hmm. You feel humiliated by all these women around you for the very first time in your life. And <laughs> there's no fucking way you're going to mess with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. There's no, and if I was a martial arts guy or Aikido guy, mm-hmm. you tried to crack my head, I'd get out of the way and take that stick from you pretty quickly. And I'd put you down. Mm-hmm and help you to calm down because you don't know how. And I love that. That speaks to what you're saying about compassion. Mm-hmm. And it speaks to the power and love. And as parents, sometimes we have to have this edge too, right? Yeah. That could be scary. Yeah. For me, it, it's been, I've, I've come from the softer end and moved towards the firmer end. So I'm much more comfortable to give in. Yeah. When I have to be firm, I've learned to, but it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I don't want to be a bad guy. <laughs> but sometimes it's necessary to go past the point where other people think you are a bad guy, but you know, you, you still yeah. know in your heart, I'm doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just being firm. Yeah. They just don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've lost our confidence and our mm-hmm. ability to be strict or something you know that's not the right word but i think firm yeah 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 i think that is a better word strict sounds so uptight and like there's rules you're not following yeah yeah brene brown has a term what does she say i think of it as like a strong spine not mm-hmm. a not a brick mm-hmm. wall not a jellyfish strong spine yeah but brene brown has something she said soft open chest open heart and strong back something mm. like that yeah yeah. Yeah, I like that. And, and I think for me, it's like if I'm able to hold love while I'm being firm, it's so it's actually easier. Oh my god! Right? I, I, if I'm just trying to be firm, yeah. then I become rigid. If I'm just trying to be loving, then I become kind of okay, guys, whatever you want. I kind of collapse. But if I remember to bring empathy into my, I need to set a boundary with you or tell you to stop. Mm-hmm. Then actually, it's easier for some. Right? Totally. I mean, and it's. When you see people hold both those things mm. in stressful situations, I'm always amazed. Mm. And that when other people, sometimes it's hard for people to see beyond the surface of what's actually happening in those moments. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, great leaders and even sometimes athletes, like I think that's probably what makes some athletes so incredible at performing under mm. intense stress, you know? They're just oh, yeah. capable of holding all the, or even forgetting it, you know, or whatever, just mm-hmm. not participating in it, or who knows. Well, I think the greatest athletes are the ones who are team players on top of that. Yeah. And they understand right now is a, a moment of surrender. I'm incredibly stressed. My whole career, my whole life is always on the on line. I can't get injured. And yet, I have to surpass all of that terror, take enormous risks, and I also have to surrender to the team mm. and let go of me being the star and the ego. It, yeah, it's quite admirable. Eh? It is. I and mean, it's funny you say that, Mike, because I think Michael Jordan did an incredible mm. job of that. Mm. 
a lot of, like there was two finals where he passed off the game winning shot to guys that were open and they hit the shot and they won you know those Do you know about things. Phil Jackson and the whole mindfulness stuff yeah. yeah so he's the guy behind the team and I've read a lot of his books right mm-hmm. and he talks about all the egos <laughs> and how how those teams where there's a superstar yeah they don't do very well they sometimes have a good season or two but then they crash because everyone else gets sick of being in the shadow right and then the the ego and the diva gets sick of you know not being the star right. always or not getting the support and adoration of his team so it gets poisoned so he he spent his whole career trying to help people let go of the ego and work in team and use mindfulness and all these yeah. other ways to to master their own emotions and see themselves as part of something bigger like a family yeah. right? to yeah, see yourself yeah. as like oh yeah I want to walk out right now but in service of my family oh what do I need to do instead, mm. right? Did he talk about how that worked with the like the Bulls or with these teams? Yeah, yeah, because he done he did that with other teams. Yeah, that the he Lakers made into championship too. Yeah, teams, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So there's a there's a formula there that's really remarkable and maybe ancient. How do we get along in a village? How do we make families and communities healthy and strong? Yeah. Um, and we. We've we've covered so much. Yeah, today. yeah. I want to come back to you because okay. I, I feel maybe I'm talking too much. No, it's great. <laughs> but I want to put the spotlight on you okay. a little bit. Okay? okay, yeah. Because I want to revisit our conversation in a few months. Yes. And I sort of determine yeah. when yeah. that is. You sure. know, with you, yep. maybe through a phone call, you'll tell me it's time. Okay. But <laughs> for now, I want you to see inside yourself and go. Okay, as a parent, mm-hmm. is there a place that I want to grow and invest some energy in growing? And let's talk about what that will look like and plant that seed today. And then when we see you again, we have this conversation. We'll be like, where, where are you at? How's okay. that garden going? Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So what, like, what would be the most – and taking all the shoulds away. Yep. What would be the most meaningful in six months, let's say, if we were to ask you, Mike, you did something to tweak your parenting. And, oh. It's so beautiful. It's you're so it's so meaningful to you, and you see the impact on your kids and on your wife. And what would that that piece be that you'd want to evolve? I think it's funny because I think one of the questions in there it was something along the lines of other, like what are the things you'd want to do differently or something. Mm-hmm. And I have been thinking about this lately. Is one is when it's like blocking off or being more protective over our family time. Mm. So one example is Wednesday afternoon. I usually pick up the kids from school and then Nikki comes home late. So it's just me and them until, you know, till they're asleep from after school. Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean, part of it is circumstantial life circumstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because I'm in school and doing all these other things. Which just means then I have extra responsibility to be a little more organized to have that time blocked off. But I get caught thinking I should be doing something else or I haven't done my homework or Mm -hmm. I haven't done this. And I get I'm not able to be present Mm. and enjoy the time as much as I would like to. Mm. So there's a big big well, there is tension there okay for sure so being more protective of my time with them yeah like this is for me and them this isn't for yeah. anything else yeah that's one 
and I guess on top of that would be finding ways because I think there's a <laughs> whether it's unconscious or not sometimes I think like I would like to make a specific effort with my kids to like show Nikki how much we appreciate her oh beautiful mm -hmm. okay I have some suggestions yeah, yeah right yeah and of course they're just suggestions and you know yourself best and you mm -hmm. know what your family mm -hmm. needs better than anybody can right mm -hmm. um, I kind of hear that sort of like there's a subtle should there of like wow I picked them up from school until the moment they go to sleep I should be present with them and having this incredible quality time all the way through but let's also be realistic you've got to make dinner yeah yeah totally you've got to, yeah, you yeah, got to respond yeah, yeah. to maybe some urgent email and you probably have to study a little bit and not wait till they're asleep and you're exhausted right? mm -hmm. i mean there's some let's find some balance yes, or yes, wholeness yes, right yes. so here's what i would suggest um and i would suggest doing this with your kids and maybe nikki can help advise you because she's mm -hmm. good at this mm -hmm. but like Take that four-hour block mm -hmm. and write down, uh, you know, incrementalize into 15 minutes blocks. Write down all the shit that needs to happen. Yeah, we need to come home. We need to do and And then design it with them. And it has to be mutual. So you have to have a little bit of time to study. Or you have to have a little bit of time to just not be with the kids. Right. To just, like, stare at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> because Which you I need would that like too, to right? do, probably. So you yeah. probably had a long day. And you and they, and they also need that, too. They don't yeah. want to be around us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think if we look at it, if we take time out of time, and if we look at it and say, wow, you actually want to just have your own downtime right after school? I thought that's when we should hang out. And so I'm, like, ready to play. And you're like, eh, I don't want to play with you. So great, great that we're designing it together because now I know maybe that's the time where I'd go and I study for a while. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually too tired to study. So maybe I start cooking dinner. You know, like, so, mm -hmm. so you're actually the designer of your life. Mm -hmm. How often do we do that? I never do that. I need to do that too, Mike. I'm going yeah. to <laughs> make you a promise if you do. That's a good one. If you take any of these suggestions or not, I'm going to start doing this because I have pockets with my daughter Sometimes it's magic and really like synergy, and sometimes it's just like, oh, I'm frustrated. I want to be doing something else, and she's right. a little frustrated. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time is the most precious thing we have mm -hmm. with our kids, especially right. It's going to pass, and when we're dying, it's the only thing we were going to regret is did I spend the time with the right people in the right way. Mm -hmm. So. I think you could like design you you're a very creative visionary kind of guy. I think you could in, design with your kids a really awesome little like evening every mm -hmm, week mm -hmm. that has like all the things that you need in that time slot. And maybe it's it's going to end up being really simple. Hour here, hour that, and then or maybe it's going to be a little bit more nuanced and complex, like you know, 15 minutes this and then switch to that and da, da, da. but whatever it is, I'm excited to see how you shape it with your family. And then if you get that piece going on the Wednesday night or whatever, then you might get inspired to start crafting more mm. in the rest of your week. And I, knowing you, that you're so like creative like me, 
I can't be a chore. I can't be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm no. do this thing. <laughs> it's got to be like, it's got to be full of inspiring mm-hmm. things that you want to do. What do you think? I think I'm inspired to yeah? try. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I like doing it with them too. Yeah. Um, What's one thing you want to put into that time slot that was missing before? Even at, even if it was just for five minutes or ten minutes, what would be an, in, a new ingredient you would mm-hmm. add to that? Probably like a 20-minute timeout in the middle where I get to stare at the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Nap time like or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. Free dead time is yeah, so important. It is. Oh, man. Yeah, for yeah. the kids too. Yeah, totally. There's no totally. demands, no obligations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daddy can't ask you for anything. You can't ask him for anything. Yeah, I love that. Something like that would be necessary. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So much spaciousness, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, wow, mm-hmm, I'm inspired to mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, it's a great idea. Do we need to write that down or are we going to remember? Oh, I'm going to call you, man. I'm going to email you or call you and text okay. you. And be like, hey, Mike, how's that going? It's Wednesday. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, you're doing your quiet time? Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said I okay? was going to turn off the notifications on my phone. <laughs> Is that okay if I bug you? Yeah, bit? yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I have this friend, Jerry Brody, who um, is my one of my mentors. And he's such a loving guy, but he is not afraid to just confront you and say, hey, you're avoiding me. I haven't heard from you. I know something's up. Call me. Call me now. Are you free? Are you free yet? Okay, I'm here. And it's just so loving. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been afraid to do that because I don't want to be a annoying or whatever. And I'm realizing I need that Yeah. some of the time. And I think my friends need that some of the time. You know, like when we were kids, we'd knock on each other's door. I don't want to go out and bore. Well, come on out. Oh, yeah. Really? Come on. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Like sometimes we need we do. a little bit of that energy, right? Yeah. So if you if you permit me, I might mm-hmm. pursue you a little bit. Yeah. It's funny you say that because there's this person I know who I was contacting off and on over the past little while. Mm. Just dead silence you know Mm -hmm. and not only that it was often in response to them sending me a note being like hey we should connect you know and then i the other day i was like hey i called you so like we were in person at this event yeah i was like i've called you so many times over the past year you know like what's going on yeah and the person just sort of was said you know i've been having a tough year or whatever kind of thing yeah um so I, I, I sometimes I don't know how to like it's handle hard, that. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, well, oh. okay, but why are you waiting till me confronting you to say that? Or and like, yeah. is that my own self? Like I don't know. And some people, it's hard, I think, some you know? friendships, or yeah. acquaintances, or yeah. friendships, or even family yeah. would get more irritated if you pursue them. Yeah. So I guess right, I'm asking right. your permission. Right. Can I be? Can I? When you put up a wall and you get too busy and you're like, I can't do this thing, my parenting sucks, can I be – do I have permission to just keep texting you and calling you and to know that I'm not trying to badger you but I'm not trying to judge you? Right. I'm just trying to get through for us to connect. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it's a good question or a good inquiry. Do I have that permission with you? For sure. You have that permission with me. Okay. 
because I want to grow a community where we we help each other because yeah. I have so much to learn from you, Mike. Yeah, like And just in today's conversation, I'm like, holy cow, you just explained what's going on for me. <laughs> <laughs> I need to look at that. Yeah. Oh, you're so clear and aware. And I'm, um, I'd love to reach out to you and be like, yeah, Mike, I'm struggling with this. Yeah. That help would, me, I would help me not forget to, to it's hard to look at that. You know, I really have, well, I guess I have a few people, hmm. but they're, I mean, our context in that realm, it's the same conversation, but mm. is like the recovery world, you know, people mm-hmm. in the recovery world. That, But it is incredibly beautiful gift to be able to do that with somebody, you know? Like yeah. when I was, the stuff with Oliver, when we were going through the stuff with the, um, get trying to get him care and all the stuff that happened. Like, it was so nice to be able to call you and just mm-hmm. rant or, you know, whatever I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah, those resources are invaluable. Yeah. I'm here for you, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, big <laughs> hug. Pull out the earphones. <laughs> yeah. But th- yeah. It, that is an incredible – that's like the – if there was anything <laughs> – I'm going to flip into the mental health world a little bit. This I you know the whole peer support worker movement and et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's still sort of institutionalized, so I don't know how it works. Like the I the most beautiful thing about AA or any twelve step program is this. Like, there's no rules, right? There's suggestions. Mm-hmm. People learn to build their own boundaries, but it's kind of the implicit understanding is like you can call me. 24 hours a day, three, like, doesn't matter. Well, I may not answer, mm-hmm. but, like, call. Mm-hmm. And I'll call you back as soon as I can, right? And it's it's like self-organizing, like, right? Yeah. If I don't like that, I could say to my sponsor, well, yeah. stop calling me. Yeah, 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 yeah totally, yeah. But is, there's no authority saying you should have called more, you shouldn't call so no. much. Because we're trusting ourselves to know what we need yeah. better than some external entity. Totally. And I know I have my own private practice working with families, but I've started a whole community separate from that just for this reason because right. we can't do this alone. No. I can't. I can't. I can survive and be cope as a parent with just my wife and I. And, yeah. But it's not fun. I need family and friends, not just to show up for birthday parties. <laughs> I mean, I need people to to shoulders to cry on I need people to vent with I need people Mm -hmm. to just hold Mm -hmm. space Mm -hmm. for the struggle yeah the anxiety that's part of the journey right and um, and I think you know you and I were part of creating communities where there's more lateral uh, structure yeah um, like permaculture there's a structure there's boundaries there's mm-hmm, clarity mm-hmm, on roles mm-hmm. but there's an ability for us to be reciprocating and helping one another yeah. without the barriers of red tape and bullshit so I'm I'm so jazzed and excited yeah. about how we're growing this and hopefully as a listener you're inspired to be like you know what parenting's hard <laughs> it's, these guys are struggling I could be struggling I don't have to shame or a or judge myself. I can find other parents. They're out there, mm-hmm. um, and I can find networks and groups and 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 just understand that we're limited and we need community 
takes there's an African proverb you I can go faster on my own but only together we can go farther hmm. and I think you know I can survive on my own and my family might survive on our own but we can only thrive in community I like it yeah it's lovely thanks for being part of mine yeah likewise um, yeah it's yeah it's yeah the, <laughs> you know it's Good. the life force it's like yes. the yeah. Ah, it holds all the or that sense of comfort or mm. the knowing that it's there's like that support which is hard to find but mm. it holds all the things together it's like power and mm-hmm. love and mm-hmm. softness and mm-hmm. malleability like it's all there. Yeah. If we look for it or ask for it or Can I yeah. can I throw in a plug? Please. Yeah. So um, we talked in our conversation a little bit about power and love. And and I've created a compass for parents to help discern where you are on certain paradox spectrums. You know, am I am I too soft or am I too (laughs) too firm? That's the power spectrum. Um, Am I too um, emotional or do I get too intellectual? You know, and and all these other spectrums. Instead of an expert trying to diagnose us, tell us what we need, we could actually pretty easily figure out where we are a little bit off, and and then mm-hmm. it's the art of coming to a center of paradox. So you can find that at martialartofparenting.com/compass. It's a parenting compass. And and the other thing I'm really struck by and moved by, and I want to check on check in on us in a few months is that idea of designing pockets of time mm. you know yeah, I'm sure we all yeah, had that experience yeah, yeah. with a birthday party or something where we had to be intentional about time and be mm-hmm. like okay what's happening and then it never goes exactly the way you want but the intention really creates the experience mm-hmm. and so what if we took a piece of our week a place where time is least satisfying or the way it's being spent and we just took even an hour or half an hour and said you know what that mo- that half an hour, here's what I want to fill it with, and it could be it could be specific activities and all that, or it could just be the intent. For that half an hour, I just want to have fun with my daughter, hmm. or I just want to turn off my brain and stare at the ceiling. Yeah, and that's my and, I, and then I need to communicate with my family so we understand yes. where the hell did Daddy go. But, but you know, there's sort of a, an organizing to make that happen. But I'm excited about that, like being that intentional with our lives and how that could also help our kids to be mm-hmm. like, hey, I can take charge of my life too. I can, I can decide how I spend my time. And instead of coming home, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Where's the screen? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Instead of being passive and expecting someone to tell them because that's what they do at school all day, right? They start to go, oh. Oh, this is free time or this is time where I have to design. And then they look at us for guidance and they see if we're doing that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm encouraging our listeners <laughs> to to do that. I know life is hard and it can just survival can just be constantly drumming in the background, so it might seem like a tall order, but see if you could even do that for a few minutes. Let's say if it's too hard with your family, you decide after I've put the kids to bed. What am I going to do for half an hour? Do I really want to watch a TV show or veg out? Or is there something else I can do? doesn't take a lot of money. doesn't take a lot of resource. 
Maybe it's calling a friend. Mm-hmm. But just really, like you said earlier, protecting the time mm-hmm. and then deciding what do I put in that space. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for joining us for our very first podcast interviewing Mike Stroh of Starts With Me. What a great dad. I love this guy. I can't wait to hear how he's doing in a few months and being inspired by this idea of intentional time with our families, designing the time. And just to give you a sneak peek, next time we're interviewing Hope. She's an incredible mom doing world schooling as she travels with her family. And I get vulnerable with her asking her for help because I have a relationship with Hope that's complicated. (laughs) So you'll get to hear that. Till next time, thank you for listening and keep training.